This is your Frederick Real Estate Update, a conversation about the regional real estate market with tips for buyers and sellers. Your hosts, REMAX Results, Darren Ahern and Presidential Bank Mortgage's Terry Kernan. Hey folks, welcome back to your Frederick Real Estate Update. I am Darren Ahern with REMAX Results, bringing you over 20 years experience in the Maryland and PA region. And also with me, as always, the wingman, the one and only from Presidential Bank Mortgage, Mr. Terry Kernan. Hey buddy. How we doing? All right. Well, we're we're in we're we're almost into November. Well, now we're talking with about beautiful weather. We're talking about with. turkey weather. We got 75 degrees out. Beautiful day. Leaves are maxed out. This is amazing. I'm taking my boat up to the lake. I'm like, I want one last ride on the lake with all the beautiful leaves around me, and it's quiet. Um, so yeah, I got to do it one last time. Yeah, well, this is best time of the year to be out on the lake. Yeah. Well, I'm actually heading down to cambridge with a uh, some college buddies and we do a fishing trip and a crabbing and yeah and the weather is going to be spectacular yeah so, can't uh, ask for anything for better so all right let's get right on into it uh lots of questions cares thoughts and concerns we'll be getting we want to thank everybody for tuning in each and every week terry as we know and uh, make sure you click on that ring the bell share it with friends do all that good stuff and uh, especially we love the the uh the questions and things that we get all week long uh, that it stirs up, and especially after last week, holy cow, <laughs> you know, what's going on in the markets and everything like that. So we're going to go right on to it. Right after I do the numbers real quick, Terry, let's do it. Actives 349. Last week was 338. We are up 11 homes for sale or in 3% one week. In, one in one week. week. In one week, up 3%. So... If I get my little glass ball out and start predicting where are we going to be by December 31st at this kind of a pace, no doubt about it, we will definitely be above 400 homes for sale if that takes place because that would be about 45 homes per month that we would be going up. And okay. so we would basically be at like 440, 430 homes by the end of the year. So we'll see if that happens. If it does, I win the booby prize. How's that? Resale homes, 211. So we are definitely solidly above 200 homes on the resale market with an average time of 46 days in the market. What's interesting to me, Terry, is that number is staying pretty consistent right now, it seems like in the moment. Uh, new construction, everything lags, though. Everything kind of lags. Mm -hmm. um, new construction, 138 homes coming soon is 41. Pending on a contract, 417, 177 of those are brand new builds, which as we know, takes at least six to seven months to build and resales, 240 homes on the resale under contract. So if we have 240 of those and on the resale side, 211, we're still running about a one month to 1.2 month supply of homes on the market and the pending ones average days is 19 days so that's always a lag um, that number has been staying somewhat consistent overall for the um the resale ones so it's it's like it's hot and cold you're either getting an offer in the first week or you're dead um sold in the last 30 days 260 with an average time in 19 days on the market but the sold to list price ratio has come down to 99.8% off of the 100. So that shows a little a little bit of sign of the buyers are less willing to pay less and negotiate even more probably on the price right now. But the thing that's keeping prices up, I was thinking about, Terry, is, and I need you to confirm some of this, 
Are you seeing uh, more buyers getting closing cost help and things, which is saying the buyers are saying, look, we won't we won't beat you up as a seller on the price. We're not going to come down three or four or five percent of the price, but we do want that three percent closing help. The answer is yes. All right. The answer is yes. That is what I believe is consistently keeping this loan to value ratio as high as it is. I believe what's going to happen, Terry, is if um, the, the the buyers are going to continue to want, they're going to desire to have buy down or closing costs uh, pretty much no matter what in, in most price points. But the but what we're going to see, I think, going to see possibly happen is if homes are on the market a little bit longer and it's staying longer on, I think we're going to hit a period where it's possible that buyers are going to want both. They're going to want the price reduced because it's not making sense to the market. There's nothing out like, like oh, the neighbor's house sold for 500000 but that was like six months ago, and things have slowed down, and there's no other offers. So they're going to want both. They're going to want a little bit off the price and a little bit of closing cost help. Do you think that's what we may start to see into the spring market? Uh, uh, yes, I think we're going to see that. And, and I was at uh, the Builder Mart on Wednesday. And uh, it was at the Frederick County Fairgrounds. Builders from all over the state of Maryland were there. And basically, it's one of the largest one-day shows uh, for the building industry. And it was just a huge turnout and talked to a ton of builders. And then two weeks earlier, I was up in Hershey, Pennsylvania for a one-day conference with the Modular Home Builders Association. Also had a booth there. Um, and basically, what we were hearing was... With the larger priced homes, and this goes back to what you and I talked about on your your large home, and maybe we can get into that in a sec, but but people are not so much worried on, on the larger homes about price or, or about payment. Yeah. They're not worried about the rate. They, they're saying, well, we're going to refi soon. So, and, and so on the larger homes with the new builders, they're not doing the 2-1 buy-downs. Where that is beneficial is when you get into the townhouse range, is mm -hmm. what I've heard from a couple of the builders. Yep. So that was very interesting. But yes, that that's. And I beta tested it as I as you know the house one of the homes I have listed uh, seven was seven eighty nine. We just lowered it twenty thousand dollars. We took out the the two one buy down because that didn't do it. That's just in that market. Um, and, buyers aren't as they're not as worried about interest rates like you said. Um, and they're not really worried about much closing costs. So I said, just it's just price at this point. At this point, it is all price, and, I, and that was confirmed market, at yeah. both at both builder shows that I was at in the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, they both said uh, the two one buy down really isn't bringing people in. Yep. Uh, in our price range, which is above five hundred thousand, so yeah, I thought you'd find so, that interesting. Yeah, I do because I we tried it. I thought you know what, this is something that potentially could be a good strategy. And what we're learning is that's the thing. It depends on what price points you're working in and what it is. And um, and so that's that's how you learn. That's what you see because hey, think about it. this. Somebody says, "How did you not know about this? We haven't touched this in my twenty year career." 
We have none. We never done a. I've never done a buy down until now. I, I used to do a lot of them. There you go. You I did used a to bunch do a of lot them. of them when the rates were at nine percent, and this was thirty years ago. That's what I, I mean. I, so I missed that party. That was a big. <laughs> and you could actually pay for the buy down yourself as a buyer. Yeah. Today you can't, and that's why they're not as popular. Yeah, because the okay. sellers did it. So I was like, why do I have to do that? And we're coming off one of the hottest markets we've ever had. So to go from one of the hottest markets with COVID to be able to come to where we're at now, where we're getting back, believe it or not, a lot more normal. The problem is the interest rates aren't normal in retrospect to the last, uh, it's been 30 years now, 25, 30 years since we've had interest rates at 8%. So those are the numbers. I'm sticking to it. Um, as far as prediction, and somebody asked me recent, um, somebody asked me again, Terry, about the days within this data, the days on market, um, they're, they're still like, little dumbfounded of like why are we not getting above you know 60 days and all that because i said we're not we're that we still have just enough buyer demand with the amount of inventory think about it. we have one to 1.2 months of inventory which is a full-blown uh, if you didn't look at no other factors that is no doubt a full-blown seller's market right because five months is a balanced market Mm -hmm. And so, really, it's still good for the uh, the sellers for now. No problems in that regard in general. Just got to, the only strategy, and we're going to talk about this for a minute, is you just got to be a little bit ahead of the eight ball as far as where your neighbor had sold from six months ago or, or, four, or even three months ago. That's the only tweak as far as strategy that's really, really significant simply because most price points, I think we're at 3.1% right now year to date, year over year. 3.1, 3.3. For appreciation. For, for appreciation. So, um, and I put a post out on my Facebook thing actually this last week and showed in the last, since 1942 till today, there's only been six times where the market was down in value. Six years out of since 1942. Yeah, 81. So, right, there you go. 81 years, basically Eight. 75 75 out of 81 years, we've had appreciation, boys and girls. So that's what's astounding. All right, you're up. Go now, ahead. What's happening? What are you seeing? So what am I seeing? So first thing is is four settlements this month, mm -hmm. first-time homebuyers. Okay. That The fact that first-time homebuyers are having the opportunity to buy is good. It's great. Yeah, we, it's great. we've missed them. They weren't around during COVID. Yeah, well, there was 18 months where it was very hard for a first-time homebuyer yeah. that was getting, you know, assistance from the, the state of Maryland. You know, three of them are smart buy where we're forgiving $40,000 worth of student loan debt. So, so it makes a big difference there. So what we're taking a look at is first-time homebuyers are able to buy now. So if you're a first-time homebuyer, this opportunity is real and it is here yep. and the rate yes the rates are high but once again they're the highest in 22 years so at some point in the next 24 to 30 months i feel very confident that you're going to be able to refinance yeah. so that's what i'm seeing is is first-time home buyers are getting the opportunity you ask if people are helping with closing costs yes the the sellers we're seeing are much more um uh, amenable to working with the buyer. Like, yes, you can go CDA. You know, before uh, it would be like, well, I got a 20% down offer or I got somebody that's 
3% down, first-time home buyer going through CDA to get closing cost help. I'm going with the 20% down. So so you have sellers that are working with the buyers. So that's kind of what, you know, I'm seeing on the market side. All right. And then as far as on the financial, um, as far as the, the... As far as rates? Yeah, rates. Where are we at with rates? And okay. as far as numbers that have come out, what's your prediction kind of coming up by the end of the year a little bit? So, so let's talk a little bit about what drives rates and what drives the economy and what drives the Fed. So they're not big listeners, right? We know the Feds aren't. We know that. When, when they wouldn't take my advice and do that. something while they were calling it transitory yeah. inflation. So let's talk a little bit about what happened this week. Yep. The gross domestic product. Okay, GDP. Everybody knows what GDP is, but this is what it actually is. And let's go over what happened. The third quarter, the GDP jumped 4.9%. That's the fastest growth in two years. So what does that signal? That signals that, that what the Fed does, their only way to attack inflation is to go after the rates and bump the rates up because what are they trying to do? They're trying to slow down this uh, juggernaut of our economy. They're trying to slow it down, right? How do you slow it down? You slow down the growth of the economy. That's what the that's what GDP is. It measures um, it measures the the total market value of all the finished goods and services produced within a country's borders, okay? So we're talking about our country uh, during a specific time period. So the measurements of GDP are always quarterly. They always relook at it quarterly. It's a broad measure of the economic production that's happening in your country. Ours went up 4.9%, huge, huge jump in GDP. What does that mean? That means that Remember last week when I was talking about the jobs and how they see a number and then the market reacts to that number, but they don't look under the hood? Mm -hmm. And I talked about how out of those 376,000 jobs, there were actually a ton of part-time jobs from people that already had jobs yes. getting a second job, right. and that doesn't get factored in. The GDP, basically, this production, this this jump in the GDP, the 4.9%, if you open the hood again, let's look under the hood, what caused such a jump? You're looking at an, a huge increase in, in cost spending, buying by the federal government, right? It's, right. The, end, it's the end of the quarter. It's the end of the fiscal year for the government. So huge, huge, huge chunk of that is the federal government. Huge chunk of state and local governments spending more money. But think about this. What's the biggest thing that we've heard about over since COVID is supply shortage, right? You know, I can't get a garage door, you know, for six months or six weeks or whatever the case may be. So a lot of the spending that went on last quarter, Darren, was basically the manufacturers or the producing catching up and people, retailers, restocking their shelves. Yeah. So things that were on back order for years, 
Wow. That started to catch up. So that 4.9% seems like such an incredible amount. Right. Because everybody's saying with rates going as high as they are, we're going to have a recession. It's going to drop pretty hard. We're going to see unemployment go up, and we're going to see the GDP. So if we see the GDP for two quarters in a row be negative, right. that's a recession. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. This is 4.9%. This is a huge number. So here's what I'm predicting. I'm predicting that once people look under the hood and say, okay, we're restocking the shelves. So what happens when supply goes up? There's more items on the shelves. There's more supply. When supply goes up and demand goes down, mm -hmm. the cost is going to come down. So that's going to help our inflation. Not today, not tomorrow. But in the next six months, I feel that getting everything resupplied and getting thing oversupplied in some cases mm -hmm. is going to force the cost of items down. Okay? Yeah. So if you have too much supply and too little demand, your price drops. But we've been living in the we've been living in this anomaly for the last two and a half years of tremendous demand with no supply very low supply mm -hmm. and that's what's caused the inflation and that's what we need to act on so that's right. it in a nutshell yeah so rates uh we're at what still around eight eight percent pretty much or so eight, you know yeah let, let's just call it eight eight if yeah. i say eight and a quarter people freak out we can say 7.99 to say that we're in the sevens but yeah we're running around eight percent and uh it just is crazy right now well, we haven't seen it in 23 years. Yeah. Uh, and the last time we saw it, uh, 23 that's, years ago. That's with good credit. Things was very, very slow. Are you, you seeing um, Are you seeing people's credits um, still, you know, the average as a whole still doing pretty well? Those that are buying right now are have taken care of their credit much better than maybe in times past at all? Or That's a great question. And I'm glad you brought it up because yesterday in our manager or Wednesday in our manager's meeting call, uh, uh, Michael Carr, my boss, and he, um, he runs our, our mortgage company, and he said that they did an average of the presidential's average uh, credit scores for mm -hmm. every loan closed, and it was a 754. Wow. Okay. So he said, obviously, credit is still very very good out there we're not seeing a lot of people that are dropping we will do a, a loan down to 580 590 600 credit scores very tough challenged loan to get that but but our average credit score is 754 so it was kind of surprising to me that the credit score was that high yeah uh, in the industry that we're taking a look at. And it's important, as we've talked before in the programs about with credit scores, making sure, and I know you help people, making sure you pay obvious. It's, it sounds so obvious, but it's like how many people forget, you know, missing credit card payments or um, extending, having too high of credit on their balances or car payments and things of that nature. And so it's more crucial than ever before to make sure that you're not getting into debt more and making sure that you're not missing on payments and things like that, especially rent payments and such like that. So making sure. So I know you guys do a great job, obviously helping people to strategically get their credits to come up some. Um, but yeah, that just blows my mind. We get it all the time. Somebody will say, well, what kind of credit score do I have to buy a house? As soon as you say like 600 or 590 or 580, the thing is, 
Terry, the people, what they don't know is the interest rate is a little bit different with your credit score. So if somebody has perfect, we call it A-plus credit, you know, paper type uh, scores, what is the difference of the interest rate with somebody that you would deem is like perfect credit, if you will, versus someone who has the right on the edge? Like, oh, man, if you if you if you do anything, and your credit score goes any lower. You can't buy a house. You can't get a loan or nothing like that. What what's the difference in that interest rate amount as an average? I know it's very specific for each type of loans and this and that, what people are doing. And that's what somebody, that's what everybody needs to understand. It's very specific because it's easy to say, well, my neighbor or my best friend, well, they got this rate over here and they, you know, well, their, their whole life is different financially, maybe. What's about that average though? People want to know that. So let's, let's talk about it. A conventional loan is basically a Fannie or Freddie Mae back loan. And that is a loan that, uh, you know, falls under Fannie and Freddie guidelines. And basically what you're taking a look at there is, is if you have credit that's very high in the high sevens, okay? Yep. okay, that average that we talked about two minutes ago, 754 average, I'm looking to put them into a conventional loan. Why am I looking to do that? Because your mortgage insurance is going to be extremely low. Yep. Now, as that credit score drops and as that credit score gets under 720, then once it goes under 720, I start to look at FHA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Could that be better? Could it be better? The answer is yes. So FHA has become more competitive. FHA isn't for first-time home buyers. Okay. But... What we're seeing is lots of FHA loans are now being accepted because there's not as many people in the battle trying to get go for the houses. Yes, but, yes. But as an FHA loan, you have higher mortgage insurance compared to somebody that has outstanding credit. So FHA has higher mortgage insurance, but FHA doesn't ding you so bad for the rate. So your rate is generally lower on an FHA loan than a conventional loan. But your mortgage insurance is higher. Okay. So the overall payment on an FHA loan is generally higher. So so if you have a 680 credit score, 660 credit score, FHA is definitely the route to go. We probably won't even look at a conventional loan. We're gonna look at FHA because they're much more forgiving when it comes to credit. And you can have some credit dings. You can have a credit issue. You know, so-and-so went through a divorce. They have a 640 credit score, a lot of divorce-related items, whatever the case, whatever the reason is, FHA allows you, and they don't ding you on your mortgage insurance. It's always at 0.55%, and they really don't ding you uh, unless you go like, you know, six. 20 or whatever, but FHA usually will give you a lower rate, um, but just a higher payment because of the mortgage insurance. All right. All right. Good stuff. There you go. All right, Terry, let's get into some strategy. Um, this, this segment is definitely geared towards the seller that is not able to get their home sold. And that, by the way, right now, above the average days on market, that is about half the homes now. Is it about half? Yeah, we're split. Wow. 50% of homes right now are selling in the first 7 to 10 days. Those are the sellers having a party and loving life. And um, and 9 out of 10 times, they are still having those ones, or, or probably 7 out of 10 times, 
they're still having multiple offer situations simply because they're priced really, really good. Like they're, they are definitely priced less than six months ago where they would be by far and less than more so the comparable. So if I take like the best, I'm doing an evaluation today for down in uh, Germantown, a townhouse that I'm getting ready to sell coming up. Uh, they're probably going to wait maybe to the spring market, maybe not. We're looking at a lot of factors, but yeah, when I look at the numbers and the comparable sales of their type, they understand very clearly that they're gonna they're they're gonna need to be about three percent below where their neighbor just sold as an average, okay. um, to stay in front of things, and so e they get even it. in Montgomery County. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Just yeah, yeah. They're 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 wanting to be on the aggressive side. They want multiple offers because they know that is the best terms and conditions you're going to get always. You're always going to get less a less chance of having a buyer doing a home inspection, wanting closing costs, wanting buy-down money, wanting anything at all um, because this was an investment property. It was a rental, and they want us to sell it as is. They're not putting a ton of money in it. They don't need to. They don't want to, and they realize they'll, they'll do better with this strategy, uh, no doubt, like anybody would. Okay. So, so here's the thing. Like I said, I reduced this price on the one home selling. That's almost eight hundred thousand dollars. We took it down twenty thousand, and surely we should definitely get more activity at that point. Somebody will say, "What happens if you don't?" Then, in ten days from then, either three showings and no offers, or ten days, we're making another adjustment. Because even though, but wait a minute, we're not at the average time in the market for that house yet. We're at twenty-seven days. The average time is about fifty days. Why would you make an adjustment now? Why wouldn't you wait till the average time in the market? Way too late in the game. You are way, way, it's going to be more pain later, less money later, and more hassle to deal with probably more contingencies or, oh, and now you get into possibly um, that kind of buyer. They're going to be like, well, we have a house to sell contingency. We got to get our home sold to now buy this one, which now is... Okay, you get a bird in the hand, and like it's like okay, well, now what do they have? And now there's a lot more hoops to jump through, a lot more risk, and everything like that. So that's why uh, my sellers were totally good with it. They get it. They're like, absolutely, let's go, let's do whatever we got to take, because we we know that um, we missed the show, you know, missed it just by a tiny bit, and that's probably the sweet spot. Makes sense now with all things considered. And that price range is still dealing with fighting against the brand new home builds. So, you know, you got to get to a place where you got to get to a place in that price range where a buyer is going to say, wow, this is, this makes really good sense. I'm not even interested in a home, new home construction at this point. So we got one more minute left. The, the key things to consider is location, condition, home stagings come back with a good vengeance. So I tell people, this is a really big strategy. If you haven't done that, making sure you have professional videos, 3d tours, pictures, all that stuff like that. You cannot have just a little camera with shadowing and all this stuff that's mediocre that was two years ago two years ago you didn't have to take 30 pictures you just took a picture of the front and you were done yeah i okay, have that, noticed that on we've listings. come from that to like you better have professional videos <laughs> your condition better be good polaroids are, are, yeah, are polaroids acceptable are now yeah exactly 30 seconds <laughs> left we got um you can't like i said can't use comparables from three months ago you got to be about 2% less in some regards, depending on what it is, unless you have something that just sold in the last three weeks. But if you don't, you can't go back three months and take those same numbers. It doesn't work that way. So condition is key and all that. On the next program, Terry, we're going to talk about the next eight items 
strategically that a seller absolutely must pay attention to and things that you can do to guarantee you can get top dollar and the best terms and conditions in this market. So, hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in every week to your Frederick Real Estate Update. Looking to purchase Have a, a home or refinance your existing mortgage? Happy if so, Warrior Signature and, uh, Settlements is here to assist it. you with you guys that take process. Care. We'll see you next time. Warrior Signature take Settlements care. is a local attorney-owned title company with over 100 years of combined experience conveniently located in Frederick, Maryland. We are licensed to conduct closings in the states of Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. With two attorneys on staff here at Lawyer Signature Settlements, we ensure the most thorough review process paired with affordable rates, accommodating scheduling, and outstanding customer service. So next time you need to place your signature on closing documents, call Lawyer Signature Settlements at 301-695-1235 or visit us on the web at www.signaturesettlements.com. We hope to see you at the closing table. Hello, this is Terry Kernan with Presidential Bank Mortgage in downtown Frederick. And the best way to reach me always is on my cell phone at 301-639-9244, 301-639-9244. Or you can always email me at tkernan at presidential.com. And this is Darren Ahern from REMAX Results. You can reach me anytime, 240-344-1713. Again, it's 240-344-1713 or at DarrenAhern at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to your Frederick Real Estate Update. We will see you each and every Saturday right here on WFMD at 11 o'clock. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com.